Well, let's pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, for this first Sunday of July, God. Thank you for the heat. Thank you, God, Lord, that you woke us up. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you, Father God, for your grace and your mercy, Father. God, I pray, Lord, that you will be with this lesson, God. I pray, Lord, that you will minister to each and every one here, Father God, and let us hear what it is that you have for us this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So crazy cool stuff, right? So this has been almost a year since we started Sunday school. We are almost right at a year that we have started this. And you know, every week I personally have learned something. So it's, it's not like, you know, I'm learning, I get to learn first, then I get to come in and talk to you about what I learned. So basically that's how Sunday schools broke down for me. And it's been awesome. And what's really cool is that we are on the very last bit of Acts, this very last chapter, this very last section of the book of Acts. And we have covered so much. And I think it's amazing that today we are going to end with talking about overcoming and conquering through Christ. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? So in this session, in this chapter, chapter 12, we have been talking about power for victory. Power for victory. And that is no more important, or I don't know how, it's, it's, it's important. Especially in today's day and time, we need to be victorious. Because we have so many things coming against us, fighting us on every side. We need power for victory. In the first section, we talked about overcoming the world. And we learned that faith, our faith is a weapon in overcoming the world. It says we enjoy the benefits of God's kingdom because we are citizens of its heavenly courts. As citizens of the kingdom, we operate in faith-infused obedience to God which brings us victory over the world. Here's the key. Our faith is the weapon by which we overcome the temptations, the persecutions perpetrated against us by the enemy, both personally and through a godless society. Okay? And then we moved on to talking about, in this chapter, expecting a breakthrough. Just like I said when we first started, come expecting, expect that breakthrough, expect that deliverance, expect that healing, right? Because far too often, Christians quit when the going gets tough. We need to develop the same tenacious faith that Paul that led to Paul becoming such a powerful man of God that the majority of the New Testament came through his hand. Knowing and expecting breakthrough to come. We need to know and expect that it's coming. No matter what. No matter what. And we saw Paul's example. I'm going to hit rabbit trail a little bit. We saw Paul's example. Him and Timothy, what, in the Philippian jail. 
They were singing. They were praising. They were expecting something to happen. Now, I don't know that they specifically knew what was going to happen, but they were expecting something. And then what happened? God showed up and rocked the place. Lord, rock this place. Every time we come in, expect God to rock this place. I'm talking earth shaking, floor shaking, everybody outdone, rock this place. That's what we should expect. That's what we should expect. And then as we went through, we learned about living as citizens of the kingdom. Living as citizens of the kingdom. Living in the world without partaking of the spirit of the world is the Christian's call. When the spirit of God reveals to us the true spiritual poverty in which the world exists, it becomes easier to overcome the lures seeking to attract us back into our sin-beset lives. When we truly set our affection on God, the lusts of the flesh lose most of their appeal. Most of their appeal. Now the lust of the flesh still has appeal. But the more you stay in the word, the more you stay ingrained in what God has for you, it loses its luster. It loses its luster. And then we went over and started talking about the power of love. The power of love. It has been said that love is the most powerful force in the universe. Where love exists, God's power flows. For there, God's presence resides. It resides in love. We as a church have got that mixed up a bunch. We really have. We, we, we more tend to take the Bible and start hitting people over the head with it and mashing on them, accusing being judgmental. We forget that verse that says, judge not, lest ye be judged. Sin is sin. We've talked about that. Sin is sin. We as a human society have given levels to the sin meter. We've given levels to the sin meter. Oh, he's a murderer. He's really, really, really bad. But you know, in the Bible, what's cool, and we all know this, those of us who are here, we should know this, but if we don't, do you know that in the Bible it says that a murderer is just as bad as a liar? So we as humans have made the sin meter, not God. We look at different sins as, oh, I don't know about that. Jesus came to deliver everyone, everyone. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even, even those of us who are raised in church and maybe just did, you know, the little white lie, the little white sin, it's just, I was a little bit bad. You'll still go to hell if you don't accept Jesus. Right? So we need to love we need to love. We need to understand. We may not understand why the murderer murdered those people, but we should still love and want his soul saved from hell. It's hard. Flesh, it's hard to do so, but we should. That's what we're called to do. We're called to love. Paul did not 
continue to face incredible hardship and trial out of any desire for personal gain. He realized fully that the way he was called to walk would be fraught with obstacles and danger. Mere duty, mere duty could not have exerted enough influence on Paul's self-preservation instincts to drive him forward to face ever-present danger. Look, none of us want to die. None of us want to touch the hot stove. None of us want to be put in jail for believing what we believe. Nobody wants to, per se, be put on our knees with a gun to our head and say, deny God and live or accept God and die. Human self-preservation says, oh, I want to live, I want to live, I want to live. Right? We all know that. And what it's saying here is Paul faced that gun every time he ministered. You realize that, right? Every time he went into the synagogue, what did they do? Kicked him out and then wanted to arrest him and kill him. Every time. Every time. But only love for God and man could so motivate Paul to lay aside all of it. For what, as he said in Philippians, the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Love. Imagine being so full of love for someone else that you'll risk your life to save them. Right? If somebody was coming at my wife, I can promise you this, I don't care how big, bad, ugly, whatever they were, I would jump in front of it. Why? Because I love her. I love her. Jesus loved you and me and the murderer and gross sinner so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for you, them, all of us. That's love. That's real love. That's real love. And then last week, we talked about healing. We talked about how we have the power over our sickness. We have it. And that whether in life or death, persecution or peace, God will get the glory. In life and in death, peace or persecution, God will get the glory. And it's hard to understand at times when you're going through it, when you're going through the sickness, when you're going through the loss of a loved one, when you're going through that trial. It's hard to really realize, God, how are you going to get the glory from this, really? And you know what? I didn't say this last week, but it's true. We may never see this side of heaven, the glory that God gets from it. We may not. But there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. The famous question, the famous question, why do bad things happen to good people? For his glory. For his glory. For his glory. But that being said, we're going to move on to today to talk about conquering, overcoming, 
through Christ. That's what we're going to talk about today. Why? Because we are more than conquerors through him. We are. The book of Acts is intentionally open-ended. The spread of the gospel, which Acts traced from Jerusalem to Rome, still goes on. And it goes on through the ministry of God's people. Lives are still being changed by the power of the gospel. When the Holy Spirit came in the upper room and they were filled with fire and fresh tongues and they went out and had the first big revival, you know what? That same thing is still happening today. It still is. Though we do not face the challenges that Paul faced, more and more we see separation between the godly and the worldly become an impassable chasm, an impassable space. Today's day and time, if we look and we're honest, the world is so in your face, crazy. Oh, I remember the pastors back in the day when I was a teenager, and I've said this before, so please forgive me for repeating it again, but it, it, it goes to be said. How many times those of us in church, when we were young, young kids, how many thousands of times did we hear the pastor say, Lord, have mercy. The way the world's going today, I can't see how God's not coming back. Man, some of those pastors who have gone on would roll over in their grave to see what's going on today. They would have never fathomed that in the United States of America, we would have what we see on live television. TV shows. Man, we went from Leave it to Beaver and like the cool family shows to mm, a lot of shows that are not good. A lot of shows. Oh, Andy Griffith. Man, I just watched that whole series again. It's wonderful. Being a good show, watch Andy Griffith. It's wonderful. But that's what we've come to as a society. The days are growing darker. I wasn't alive back in Moses' day or Noah's day. You know, obviously I wasn't there, but when it compares the end times to being in the days of Noah, whoo, that must have been some bad stuff back then. I mean, bad stuff. Man. So I can't help but think that now we are in the days of Noah. We all better be building the ark, right? Man. But we must, I'm sorry, but we must remember that the light of God can penetrate and destroy even the most invasive darkness. We need to know that. We need to have the confidence in that. We need to have the confidence in knowing that God's love, God's light can penetrate all the darkness in the world, right? We cannot be overcome by the darkness around us. We are the overcomers in Christ. He has given us the Holy Spirit and empowered us to minister where, how? In power and conquer all the schemes of the enemy. But as we have learned, it is up to us to seek out and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It is up to us to do that. We have taught, we have learned there's a difference in the indwelling and infilling of the Holy Spirit. We have learned that as we've been here. 
So it's up to you to seek that power. It's up to you to pray for it, to ask for it. And it is up to you to receive that power. Seek and ye shall find, knock and what? The door shall be open to you. Paul had more, Paul had more than sufficient reason for discouragement. Right? I mean, those of us who've read through, those of us who've been here, anybody who's even read a chapter of Acts knows, bro, I get it. Man, it's beat, it's stoned, it's thrown in jail. Tells the Roman guys in the boat, yo, we don't need to go. We're going anyway. Man, if I'd have been Paul, I'm just going to be honest. When we wrecked on that island, I'd be like, told you so. I would have, but he didn't. So he, you know, he's way better. And then he's just trying to help make a fire. And what happens? Viper comes out. Pow. Gets him. All for God's glory, though. Although his desire was to love and serve the Lord, he found his way blocked by every device Satan could manufacture. And we've talked about this before as well. Pastor Aaron said it best. If you're not running into devils, you're running with them. If you're not being fought, if you're not being persecuted, let's just be real. We really don't really know what persecution is yet in the States. But that being said, if you're not running into something, if, if, if the devil's not messing with you, there's a reason why he's not messing with you. If you're comfortable, I'm not saying it's bad to be comfortable. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if the devil's not hitting you somewhere, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. Ask God to reveal it to you, and he will. But Paul persevered. And in the end, conquered all obstacles set before him. If you have your Bibles, open to Romans 8. Open to Romans 8. And we're going to start in verse 35. Romans 8, verse 35. And it says this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37 says this, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor debt, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." We have heard the evidence that Paul learned his lessons well, well early in his ministry. As we just read in Romans, 
He gives wise insight into the issues of persecution and trial, saying, finally, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's just go back over it. What are all these things? Death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height, death, any other created thing, any other created thing should not be able to separate us from the love of God. And don't miss that key three-letter word, not. Shall not be able to separate us from the love of God. This passage in Romans should be, it should be encouraging the heart of any believer who fights discouragement. Now, the Bible doesn't say that we're not going to get discouraged or face discouragement, right? We will. Look, I get frustrated on a daily basis. I'm going to be honest with you, I do. And my sweet wife does, <laughs> some days it works, and some days she's like, I'm done. You just go be frustrated, bro. Do your thing. <laughs> but we get frustrated. We get frustrated in life, right? We do. But that being said, it is the powerful assurance of Christ's present love active in every moment of a Christian life. Christ's love that is active in every moment of our lives, every moment of our lives. We are never in this life and certainly not in the next separated from Christ's love. Even in hardships, we are more than conquerors. So life and death are absolute, right? There's life and then there's death. Those are both absolutes. And as humans, we want to live longer. And when someone dies, especially a loved one, it's hard to reconcile that, death, because it seems so final. But even in death, as we talked about last week, there is victory in death. There is victory in death. How is there victory in death? And death is where you receive your perfect body. And death is where you receive the ultimate fellowship with God. That's in death. That's in death. So even in death, there is victory. Even in the absolute of what we feel is the end, there is victory. There is victory. I'm actually going to probably be done a little early today. But I want to read, read a couple more passages. If you'll go to Galatians 6, verses 7 through 10. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household 
of faith. We are more than conquerors. As long as we sow into the spirit, we will reap in the spirit. But if you sow into the flesh, you will reap in the flesh. You will reap corruption. Sow into the spirit. Sow. We are a sowing and reaping church. Sow financially. Sow of your time and reap the blessings of the kingdom. That is biblical facts, biblical truth, sowing and reaping. As I was studying, as I was studying for this, for this this week, you guys know how I am, okay? So I'm just gonna say that again, you know how I am. I, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers, right? I love it. And how, how appropriate, how appropriate. It's just fun. I, 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 oh, I was talking the other day. It's just fun to see how God lines everything up. And if we miss the little things, we miss, we miss it all, right? So we're ending the book of Acts. We are starting a new month. And in this new month that we are starting, it is Family Sunday, all generations in one room worshiping together. So today in closing, I would like to declare something over all of us. In Mark 10, verse 27, it says this, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. So today is July 3rd, 2022. 7, 3, 20, 22. 7 is the spirit of God. 3 is perfect completion. 20, waiting and expecting. 22, personal revelation. The spirit of God is here today to give you perfect completion. Because you have, mm, because you have been waiting and expecting, your personal revelation is here Today is the day you overcome. Today is the day that you believe and see and know that you are more than conquerors through Christ. Today is your day of breakthrough. Today is your day of victory. Yes, the devil will fight you on every side, but today is your day of victory and freedom. Just like we as a nation celebrate our independence tomorrow, today, 7-3-22, today is the day you shout and celebrate your victory and your breakthrough. That was purchased 2,000 years ago on a bloody cross of Calvary. Today is the day you tell the devil no more. Today is the day you walk in power and confidence knowing that you are whose you are. You are a child of the Most High God. You are heirs to his throne. Your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Now walk in confidence. Walk in power that has been granted to you by the Holy Spirit because today is your independence day. That is today. That is today, and I speak that over your lives. Walk in the power, walk in that. It is no mistake that today, this time in history, 
that on this Sunday is the day before our country's Independence Day. And if you look at the numbers, God is saying, it's your day. It's your day today. Now walk in it. Walk in it. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us this day to tell us, to show us to walk in breakthrough, to walk in victory, to walk in the independence, God, that your son paid for. Father, thank you for showing us your love and your strength, even in the little things. But the little things are big things in your kingdom, God. Father, be with the rest of this service. Lord, allow your power to flow. Allow your power to move through this building in the parking lot, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you will wreck each and every one of us, God. Allow us to have a fresh infilling of power of your Holy Ghost, God. Lord, I love you and I thank you for today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.